Hello, and thank you for joining us today. It's such a blessing, as always, to be with you. Today, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. This is a very important verse, and the title to this message is Following Jesus. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with thanksgiving. We thank you for the most important gift of all, the sacrifice you made Jesus. We thank you for your word and we thank you for being a personal God and a God of love. We thank you that we can love you and love each other because you first loved us. I pray your spirit reveals truths to us to help us grow in relationship with you and make us steadfast followers of your son. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bible and you've turned to Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, it says this, it says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And what an absolutely beautiful verse. When I first read this, it was over 20 years ago, and as many people, my eyes drifted to the second half of that verse, which was to die is gain, because I understood at that time that faith and trust in Jesus Christ and repentance of my sin led to eternal life because of the sacrifice that Jesus had done for us. And while it's easy for us to concentrate on the second half of that verse, that to die is gain, today I want to talk to you more about the first part of that verse. For to me to live is Christ. And we say, well, what? What does that mean? To live as Christ is our action. It is a concentrated effort. To live as Christ means that our lives should directly reflect His work in our lives. Everything in our life should be about Jesus. To live as Christ means that we are followers, and we are followers to a point, to an eternal point of following Jesus. Our life is only gain because of what Christ did for us. It is nothing that we have done for ourselves. There is no self-righteousness in anything that Jesus has done for us. He has done for us, not what we have done for ourselves. We must walk the walk. Telling people about Jesus is a big part of evangelism. But people are more interested in your actions than they are your words. In fact, there are many people that fall away or don't even listen to the Christian message because of the deliverers, because of the people that proclaim to be Christians but don't follow the followings of Jesus. Now, I hope before I go any further, everyone hears my words. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ, period. We are not saved by our works, However, our works are evidence of our saving faith by the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We have to live our lives that reflect Jesus. That is what we are called to do. That is what glorifies God. And that is what being a Christ follower is all about. Many Christians in the United States think that being a Christian is just about salvation. That that is the end game. 
But we were made to honor and glorify Jesus. We were made to follow in his footsteps. The definition of a Christian is someone who believes in Jesus and follows his teachings. You can't be a Christian if you disagree with what Jesus said. And there are many people today who disagree with some of what Jesus taught because it doesn't fit their ideology. But in reality, to be a Christian, you have to follow the teachings of Jesus. Many people compare their Christian life to the best Christian that they know. Maybe somebody down the pew from them or somebody across town or a friend that they have that claims to be a Christian or or maybe is a Christian. And they compare themselves and weigh themselves against that. But the challenge with that is, is that sinners are flawed. To compare ourselves to another sinner is silly. We are called to be Christ-like. And we will always come up short. But that is the race that is set before us. That is the race that we are to run. The elements of following Jesus is just like Jesus called his disciples. He commanded them as he went to them. He said, follow me. And that is what the Spirit of God has done for you. That is what the Holy Spirit has done for you that has led you to Christ. It is as if Jesus... It is as if the Spirit of God has come to you and said, follow me, just as Jesus did with his disciples. We see this in Matthew 8, 22, Matthew 9, 9, Mark 2, 14, Luke 5, 27, John 1, 43. All of it is follow me. And this word in the Greek, follow me, it has a much deeper meaning. Not only does it mean follow, it means to assist. It means to accompany. Now, Following Jesus can and will lead to many difficult decisions. And sometimes it may feel much more appealing to turn and go the other way. That is what our human nature, our fallen flesh will tell us. Is to turn and go the other way. You see, with this verse, there are two sides to it. There is one of what Christ has done for us. That is the death is gain. The first part is what we are called to do. It is to live. It is to follow Jesus. The first part we have, what Christ did, we have, we have what he did for us. Death is gain. We have the Beatitudes. We have John 3.16, which is probably the most famous verse is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus talks about faith moving mountains. In fact, in John 6, 2, it says the multitudes of people followed him because they saw miracles. See, did you catch that? It says they saw what Jesus did for them. It goes on and on about what Jesus did for them. It even says that when Jesus, he he withdrew because he knew the minds of the people and he knew that they wanted to take him, even if by force, to make him king, as if they could. But that's what they wanted. That was what was on their mind. But the second part, our action, to live is Christ. That is our action. The first part, the part about what Jesus does for us makes us feel warm and fuzzy. But when Jesus tells us to pick up our cross and to follow him, 
In Scripture, we see the reaction of people. It is written in John 6.66, which says, After this, many of his disciples, not the twelve, turned back and no longer walked with him. The Greek word there is, they made a final decision. This isn't people that walked away and later changed their mind and came back. This is people that were following Jesus. And once he told them what, what constitute following him was all about, it says that they turned and that they walked away and that they made a final decision not to follow Jesus. And Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 34-39, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn man against his father, daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's own enemies will be members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or more, mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves their son or their daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. It's hard to follow Jesus. Many people paint being a Christian as this, this thing that once you become a Christian, everything is, everything is good, and everything is happy, and everything is joyful. And it can be joyful, but that is in your mindset of what Christ has done for you. Luke 21, 16 says this, You will be hated for my name's sake. Every disciple abandoned Jesus the night of his arrest. They deserted him. It says this in Matthew 26, 56, Mark 14, 50. That night, following Jesus meant arrest and execution. And rather than risking their own lives, they fled. Even Peter, Peter denied Jesus that night three times after previously telling Jesus no matter what, he would not. Following Jesus is putting a target on our back. Listen to me, Christians. Following Jesus means that the forces of darkness will come out. The devil comes to kill steal and destroy and becoming a christian you are entering battle you are making a decision to be a christian you are signing up for the battle of souls your soul your family's soul the soul of every human being on this planet the point here is that being a follower of jesus is much more than learning about jesus being a christian is following jesus wherever he goes I want to say that again. The point here is that being a follower of Jesus is not just learning about Jesus. Being a Jesus follower is going with him wherever he goes. Luke 14, 27 says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. But here's the victory in it. Here's the great part of the gospel. is we already know who won. Whereas the great Billy Graham said, I've read the last page of the Bible and I'm here to tell you it's going to be all right.
Many Christians live their life in defense. It's like we are just using a shield in a battle. That we don't pull out our sword. And the Bible tells us very specifically that we have the sword of the Spirit. And it is our job to advance against the kingdom of darkness. We can't be closet Christians anymore. We can't live our lives in a position of defense anymore. Being a Jesus freak is not putting a sticker on your laptop or wearing some sort of a t-shirt. It is a deeper, it is a deeper, deeper element than that. It is a change of heart. It is an all in no matter what. In the United States, where I am from, many Christians don't know what it's like to be persecuted. But there are parts of the world where Christians are killed simply because of what they believe in. So whether you're on one spectrum or the other spectrum, there's a cross to carry. There's a cross to pick up, to go follow Jesus. And Jesus tells us, in the world you will find trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, the more we step out in faith, the more we push against the kingdom of darkness, the more we are led by the Holy Spirit to step out, the more that the forces of darkness will try to push back. But this is why Jesus sent the Helper. This is why the Holy Spirit is among us, is in us, fills our being. Romans 8, 11 says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Let me read that again. This is Romans 8, 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. You see, church, we are not of this world. Following Jesus will make, we'll be faced with difficult decisions. But we don't fit in. And the reason we don't fit in is because this world is fallen. This world is ruled by the ruler of darkness. And darkness does, it hates light. But light drives out all darkness. I want to take a second and share two things with you. You know, just a minute ago, I highlighted the fact that all the disciples had abandoned Jesus at his arrest. And only one of the disciples actually showed up at his crucifixion. But tradition tells us that after this, after all of these men ran and hid, and once they understood the completeness of the story, once they understood what Jesus had done, 
That by his death, burial, and resurrection, he had overcome death. He had overcome sin and he had become the Savior of the world. Once these disciples saw that, they were convinced of it. We see in history how these men ran out to the rest of the world. They are the reason that you hear the gospel today. They are the reason you heard the gospel yesterday, last month, when you were six, seven years old, whatever it is. These men are the reason because they took what they believed and knew to be true. And they ran and told the rest of the world about it. At first they ran and they were scared because they didn't quite understand. But after that, they ran to the ends of the earth to tell people the good news. In fact, tradition and history tells us that Peter was crucified in Rome on a cross upside down. Because when he was led to the cross, he said that he didn't feel he was worthy to hang on the cross the same way that Jesus did. So he asked to be crucified upside down. The Apostle Andrew traveled to what was the old Soviet Union. And history claims that he was the first one to bring the gospel there. And he preached to modern-day Turkey and then ended up in Greece where he was ultimately crucified. We're told that he was crucified on an X-shaped cross. He was bound on this X-shaped cross instead of being nailed to the cross to prolong the torture and to prolong his death. His followers said that as he was led to the cross, he said this, he said, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it. And then we are told that he preached to his tormentors for two days while he hung there before he died. In fact, every apostle died as a martyr of their faith. All but John, who wrote the book of Revelations. And it isn't because they didn't try. They actually threw him into a a pot of boiling oil. And when that didn't kill him, they banished him to the mines at Patmos. And this is where he wrote the book of Revelations. I share that for two reasons. One, following Jesus is not easy. And just as the disciples abandoned Jesus at his arrest, once they understood that mission, they became fully devoted followers and followed him even to death so that they could embrace the reward that they knew that stood there. You see, Jesus is is so worth it. The second reason that I share this is because the actions of the disciples are evidence in what they believed. They are great evidence to give us faith to show us what these men went and died for knowing what they believed and what they had seen. That they had seen something great. That they had lived a life where they overcame the world. And they had done that by the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. I'll close with this. Being a follower of Christ is picking up our cross and following Him. It is us crucifying our flesh and the desires that come with it. And all of those fancy Christian words that I just said means follow Jesus and His teachings. 
Being a Jesus follower is the best representation that we can have to unbelievers in the world. So I encourage everyone who hears these words, pick up your cross and follow Jesus because the salvation of other men, women, and children are at hand. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You that there is a cross that we can pick up and follow. And there is a, a great example. Lord, we accept and know that we are the sons and daughters of a King whose kingdom will never end. I am thankful that we worship a God who first loved us so that we could love You and love other fellow man. Lord Jesus, we know that we fail every day and that we don't follow you as we should. And for this, Lord, we are sorry. But Lord, I pray for everyone that hears my words. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would be strengthened. We would be encouraged. We would be driven to be all in all the time. I ask that we would not be ruled by this world, but yet we would be transformed. That we would be fully devoted followers of Christ. I pray we are bold in our faith and that we are loving representatives of yours to the world. Thank you for equipping us to do this part. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been watching this message, and if today you've been convicted, you've been convicted by the sin in your life, or maybe as I was talking today, you've had a revelation about Jesus and who Jesus was. Maybe it was about the disciples that I talked about. Maybe it was about his life and not only did what he did for us, but what we are to do. The Bible tells us that if we believe and declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, and we repent of our sins, the Bible tells us that we will be saved. Now somebody may say, well, what does that mean? What am I saved from? And the reality here is that mortality has a 100 it is 100%. Every one of us are going to die. The question is, is that when you die, what happens? The Bible tells us that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. You see, in the beginning when the world took on sin, the very first man took on sin. We are born into a sinful world. And we cannot be made right with God based upon anything that we can do. We cannot do a bunch of good things hoping to work ourselves to get to heaven. Why? Because we are already guilty of what we have done. And for this reason is why Jesus came to this earth to live a sinless life, to die as a sacrifice for our sins, building a bridge for you and me. 
or for anyone that calls upon Him as Lord. The Bible requires that we repent of our sins and that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says that if we do that, we are saved. Saved from a place without God. The Bible tells us that a place without God is a place that lacks the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Hell being an absent place of those things is an absent place of God. It is a place where we pay for our sins. But Jesus has made a way. So if that's you today, and you acknowledge, and you believe, and you would say, yes, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and you want to repent of your sins, the Bible says that you can be saved. And I'm not going to sit here and say, if you follow me and follow this prayer, you'll be saved. Only you know that. Only you know with your heart how you feel and what you truly acknowledge. But to be saved, you have to acknowledge that Jesus is who He said He was and repent for your sins, knowing that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice for your sins. And if you believe that, I'd like to pray for you today, pray with you today. You can repeat the words that I'm about to pray. And that way you can know about your eternal destiny. So if that's you today, please follow me in this prayer. Lord Jesus... I know I'm a sinner. I'm desperately in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I understand and believe that You are the Son of God. You came to this earth and lived a sinless life. You were crucified, died, and rose from the dead as payment for my sins. Please come into my heart and make me new. I will trust and live for you. Thank you for saving me and allowing me to spend eternity in heaven with you. If you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, we want to celebrate with you. Please email us. Please message us so that we can pray with you, so that we can pray for you in your new life. You have become a new creation. Please take this message, share it, like, comment, so that it can reach more people for Christ. God bless.